So just, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that most people lo- like, at least like music, I mean, love music. Just want to get my genres down real quick. Uh, country music fans, country music. Hey, yeah, okay, good, good, good. Um, blues, who likes the blues? Yeah, these are my people right there. Steve Ray Vaughan, right? Um, jazz, any jazz lovers? Okay, well, more jazz than blues. We gotta fix that. Um, <laughs> hip hop, hip hop, okay, yeah, a few people. Uh, rock and roll, yeah. Rock and roll is kind of hard to define, though, right? Because it's, there's so many genres of rock and roll. Like, I'm, I'm like a Bob Seger kind of rock and roll guy. Some of y'all like, I don't know who Bob Seger is. Then, <laughs> then you don't know rock and roll, all right? Um, when I was a kid, I was forced to take piano lessons. And um, I, don't, I don't know if you ever got forced to take a musical instrument lesson or not, but my mom made me take piano lessons for six years. Now, I remember two things. I remember my fourth grade recital piece. I could literally play it right now. And, but I remember my first lesson, my first piano lesson ever was Miss um, Conet, was my piano teacher, taught me middle C. Now, if you've ever played piano, you're familiar with middle C, am I, am I correct? This is middle C. That's it, it was my first lesson. <laughs> my parents paid thousands of dollars for me to, because what would happen after that is Miss Conet would play something and I would hear it, then I would play what I heard her play, but I couldn't read the, the notes. I would just play what I heard her play. But, but, I, but I learned something about this, this one note is like if you play, there are certain notes you can play along with it and it gives it harmony and it sounds kind of pretty when it's together. And you can actually add some bass in and then, that's, Cole, Cole kind of talked about that last week in a, in a, in a way. He, he was talking about how God gives us certain promises, right? Remember the five promises he talked about, like I'm always with you. And, and, and that's how we want to live. We want to live our lives where it just feels like the promises of God are with us and our life is so melodious and it's beautiful. But then every once in a while, we're running into something that steals our joy and we lose this it goes to this. <laughs> like Sunday morning, we're at church and it's just so beautiful. And Monday morning we go to work and it's. <laughs> For some of y'all, you get in the parking lot and it's. <laughs> Let's be honest, some of y'all don't even like me and it's right now, but, but that's, that's your problem. I'm having fun. I like for my life to just kind of be at peace. I like to be filled with joy. All the promises that Cole talked about last week, I like that. But from time to time, all of us are gonna encounter things that rob us of our joy. Am I correct? And it doesn't have to be something. I found out this week, I talked about it a little bit, that, that a, a tooth, a tooth can, when it hurts, can rob you of your joy. I had no joy in my life Friday afternoon. I was in the fetal position in my kitchen, screaming like a baby, not making that up. Shannon was not there, so it was not on video. We have no proof of that at all whatsoever. (laughs) But it robbed me of my joy. And there's some people here today, maybe you're in the room or maybe you're watching online, and you, you believe that God is God and you believe that God is good, but when it comes to this thing called joy, I mean, let's be honest, it's, 
It's like, I would love joy in my life, but where is it? Maybe you feel like you have, you've messed up. You've messed up and then you tried to clean up, but then you messed up again. And you try to clean up, but then you messed up again. Maybe you think you've messed up so much that God, like God at one time had a plan for your life, but <laughs> not now. God's in heaven going, I don't know what we're going to do with him. I don't know what we're gonna do with her. I can't figure it out. We've messed up so much. But then there's this thing that I can't get over called amazing grace. And it's not just for some people. I believe it's for all people if, if we're willing to receive it. And so today I wanna to talk to the person that feels like you've, you've gone too far, you've messed up too much, that at one time your life was on track, but something happened to you that caused you to lose your joy. And because of that, you can't ever get back on track to what God has planned for your life. And so today we're gonna to talk about three specific things that rob us of our joy and how we can overcome these three things. And by the way, this is, like, this is gonna hit all of us. This is gonna be fun. Let, let's, let's do a quick review. We're talking about a man in this series called Live Full, Die Empty, and his name is Abraham. We've got a wife named Sarah or Sarah. Remember, we're kind of going back, but her, it was ultimately Sarah. And the very first thing we find out about Sarah in the scriptures is we're told in Genesis 11.30, now Sarah was barren. She had no child. Now, you're gonna find this hard to believe, but during this time period, if a woman could not have a baby, she was looked down upon by people in society. People would judge her and label her and say, there must be some kind of sin in her life. Now, I know we don't have that at all today. Like people don't judge or label or anything, but they did that back then. And this is the first thing we find out, but over and over and over again in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, Cole talked about it last week in Genesis 15. God keeps promising Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And this is what he, in fact, he said um, last week, he, then the Lord said to him, Abraham, no, your servant will not be your heir for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. In other words, you're going to have a son, Abraham. So Abraham's trying to believe this promise from God. He's not quite sure how God's gonna pull it off. And, and then this happens. Here we go. Number one, number one. We can lose joy when we listen to people who do not listen to Jesus. Now, let me pause real quick and say, don't take this too far because you'll meet those Christians that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, I went to my mechanic the other day and he told me my timing belt was off and I asked him, did he know the Lord? <laughs> I don't care if my mechanic knows the Lord or not. I need to know, can he fix my timing belt? <laughs> if I've got a non-Christian that can fix the timing belt and a Christian that can't, I'm gonna choose the non-Christian. I'll lead him to Christ, okay? And the Christian can pray for him while he fixes my timing belt. But that's, so don't, don't take it too far. I'm just talking about, when it comes to life and making important life decisions, we can lose our joy when we listen to people that do not listen to Jesus. Now, this next part, if you are a church person, you're gonna get severely uncomfortable 
because I'm about to teach you something out of the scriptures that you didn't learn in Sunday school because you can't flannel graph what I'm about to teach. I mean, you could <laughs> be a little risque, all right? But like, but like it's, it's so funny. Anytime I teach on stories like this, the people that have been in church the longest, they, they, and the people that have like never really read the Bible, never really been in church, went, that is so cool, man. I had no idea. Stories like that were in the Bible. I thought Fifty Shades of Grey was bad. Dear God. All right, so why y'all laughing? Y'all read that book. All right, so now I'm just, I'm just gonna read the Bible and try my best to interpret. This is, this is uncomfortable. Here we go. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar, which if you're looking for a girl's baby name, not gonna throw that one out there, it's, but evidently Hagar was hot. So you got hot Hagar. <laughs> Watch. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. Abram's like, okay. <laughs> Guess I'll take one for the team. <laughs> now, I just... I just need to ask the, the men a question. I just need just the men. And, and you're in church, so let's just be honest for a second. Is there any scenario at all where this turns out good? No! Heck no. This is not gonna go well, but it, the reason this is important is because at this point in the story, Abram had a connection with God. He had talked to God, God had talked to him, but at this point in the story, Sarah does not have a connection to God. She knows about God through Abraham, but she doesn't know God. And so even though her intentions are, are good in her mind, she's leading Abraham to make a decision that's not from the Lord. And at the end of the day, that's never going to go well because the enemy will always tempt us with stuff that, let's be honest, we're kind of interested in that thing anyway. Like, for example, I was sharing with somebody um, recently, I've never wrestled with uh, like drugs, never wrestled with drugs. Um, never smoked pot, um, never done crack, cocaine, meth, any of them. So I don't, like, it would not be a struggle. Like if I'm leaving church today and I'm walking up to my truck and someone comes up and goes, pass me, come here. Got you an eight ball, dog. <laughs> I don't have to go, hold on, let me figure this out. Pull out a piece of paper, pros, Cons, pros, next 15 minutes will be fun. <laughs> Cons, 
get fired again. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Hold on. I don't have to do that. But, but, the, but the problem is, the problem is that in, in life, we oftentimes judge other people and we say, well, I, I don't struggle with that. Yeah, but we struggle with something. Be very careful of using the standards of your life to judge other people. So, so Abram, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like she was twisting his arm. It had obviously crossed his mind. Hagar's kind of hot. See, the, the enemy always knows what we're going to wrestle with, so he's going to tempt us with the thing. And, and the thing he tempts us with, don't miss this, it will give us temporary satisfaction. Was Abraham temporarily satisfied? Yes or no? Yes. Absolutely. There, I have had people say, well, they, you've heard me talk about it before. Well, sin's not fun. It's because you don't do it right. If you do it right, sin's a lot of fun. I had people tell me when, back when you were drinking, you didn't enjoy it. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the next day. But I, like the enemy's always going to come after us with something that you could almost justify it. Well, I'm a man, I do have needs, and you can't give me a baby, and she can't. This was your idea. I'm just going to do what you said. And watch what happens. This is interesting. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram has settled in the land of Canaan. So he's 86 years old at this point. 86. So Abram has sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. Let me pause. You do understand how that happens, right? It, it blows my mind that we actually have people in the news that can't figure that out. What is a man? What is a woman? Birthing persons. Mm -mm. You know how a baby comes about? A man and a woman have sexual relations. Sherman gonna have relations. Sherman gonna have relations. <laughs> Who said the Bible was boring? It's a great book. No, it, it blows my mind. That, that we're called weird if we say, this is how a baby comes about, a man, a biological man and a biological woman do the biological dirty dolphin and a baby comes out. Anyway, it's, it's, it's so funny. People are saying follow the science today, but they're not following the biological science. They're following the political science and political science always leads to the same place. Hell, all right, let's just stick with the biological science. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, uh-oh, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Now, just to refresh the memories, whose idea was this in the first place? Sarah, thank you. I heard mostly women answer that, and that's really good. 
Then Sarah said to Abram, this is all your fault. <laughs> it's like, I just knew what you know me to do. I'll put my servant in your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show you who's wrong. You are me. And Abram's going, oh, I just did what you told me to do. But the problem was, is he listened to somebody that didn't listen to God. Now, at this point, you would think God's in heaven looking at Abraham going, okay, listen, I am, I am through with you. I called you out of Ur, which that was a blessing because you didn't have to you know, tell people where you're from. I brought you to the promised land. Then you went to Egypt and tried to pimp out your wife and that didn't turn out good. And we got you back and then the whole lot thing happened. And then last week we cut some animals in half and the fire pots and all this stuff. And you, you're gonna go and do, I am through with you. And and many of us know what it's like to be frustrated with somebody because we try to help them, we try to help them, we try to help them, and they just can't seem to turn it around. And you would think God would just be so frustrated with Abraham. He's like, no, nah, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with somebody else. But then in the next chapter, chapter 17, which is 13 years later, by the way, 13 years later, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. In other words, Abram, I haven't changed my mind about you. I haven't changed my plan. I still have a plan for your life. I still have a purpose. I didn't have to alter it. It's the original plan. I'm still going to bless you and bless others through you. That's what I call amazing grace. Now, it seems like we gotta wait on God sometimes for a minute. And we don't like to wait, do we? This was 24 years. God had been promising Abram a son for 24 years. 24 years ago for us, to put it in context, 1998. Bill Clinton was president and Titanic was the number one movie of the year, which I still don't understand because it's not a love story. It's a lust story about how she fell in lust with a guy on a boat, used a door like a float, said, I'll love you till you choke and dropped him like he was broke. Okay, that's, that's the whole movie right there. Got the spirit of flavor flavor on me this morning. So I, I'm just saying this, this is, this is mind boggling because if anybody deserved to be like thrown out, disqualified or whatever, it was Abraham and God, and, and don't miss this. Don't miss this. At this point in the story, Abraham wasn't seeking God. God sought him. That's amazing grace. I am where I am today, not because I held on to Jesus, but because Jesus held on to me. I am where I am today, not because I pursued the Lord, but the Lord pursued me. And there's somebody here that needs to hear this today. The Lord 
is pursuing you. And the reason he's pursuing you is to let you know you have not gone too far. You have not failed beyond help. You are not a loser. You're not pathetic. I still have a plan for your life. There is still hope for you. You can still have joy. God wants somebody in this room to know that today. Which leads to number two. Number two is we can lose joy over self-doubt. Now, I don't know about you. I'm an optimist. I can look at somebody and I'm gonna say, man, God's got his hand on you and God's got opportunity. I can, I can look at just about everybody and tell somebody, you know, I believe in you. I don't have a problem believing in other people. I have a problem believing in me. And you have the same problem, not believing in me. You have a problem believing in you. And let me tell you why. You know what the unfiltered version of your life looks like. Oh, come on, we're filtered. We're so filtered. Like, I was, I was scrolling through Instagram this week, just kind of looking, because now they got that, you know, things you may like. And I'm like, I don't like any of these. <laughs> but people put pictures of their food on Instagram that they cook. And have you ever felt like a loser because you look at somebody else's food and you're like, I could never fix anything that looks like that. It, but it took them three hours to get it to look like that. By the way, let me pause. Derek, Derek, you said your wife's coconut cake was the best. I'm gonna need to test that. So I'm gonna need you, because I follow Derek on Instagram. And I wasn't gonna, I've never done this, but you said coconut cake. So I'm gonna need some, okay? At least half a cake. Back to the message. Hey, no, you've seen the family photo, right? Where the mom and the dad and all the kids look beautiful and all the kids are smiling and the kids are all under the age of five and you're like, how do they, those kids are so happy. They're not happy, they're full of Benadryl. That, that's why, that's, they're high, all right? <laughs> that's why their tongue's hanging out. They're not happy. The reason you laugh is you've Benadrilled your kids before, all right? I know. But, but when we doubt ourselves, we lose joy. We, we really do. This is one of the things. The enemy, the enemy wants you to see other people's highlight reel, and he wants us to replay all of our mistakes over and over and over in our minds. So some angels show up, and they're having a conversation about Abraham and Lot, and there's a whole different message. It didn't go well for Lot. Lot just really messed up, but there's a whole different story, a whole other time. And then the conversation switches to Sarah, and this is where it gets interesting. Watch this, watch this. Where is Sarah, your wife, the visitors ask. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Somebody tried to take this verse one time, I, I can't make this up, and say it's biblical to camp, Pastor P. I was like, that is not what that verse means. It was, this is thousands of years ago. They only had tents. Don't try to bring the Bible in to justify the fact that you like, if you like to go camp, you go camp, okay? I work too hard to go pretend I'm homeless for the weekend, but you and your family want to go pretend you're homeless, you go. I've been homeless before. I don't want that anymore. But anyway, so she's inside the tent. Abraham replied, watch this. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, 
not Hagar. Promise was coming through Sarah. Promise was always coming through Sarah. I told you Sarah. We'll have a son. Watch this. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Now, some of y'all are just like a woman being all nosy. It's not, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's not, it's not it at all. Moms, and Sarah's going to be a mom by the end of the story. Moms have superpowers. Mothers can hear what you're saying on the other end of the house. I remember being seven years old. My mom sent me to my room. I'm in my room. I was talking real low. She's like, I hear you in there. Mom's got that superpower. So Sarah's using her superpowers and she's, she's listening and watch this. This is crazy. Abram and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. Now don't miss this. They're both old, but Sarah was the one that couldn't have kids because remember, Abram, 86. You know, he was 86 years old, hooked up with Hagar, had a baby. Wasn't his problem. It was Sarah's problem. The Bible, the Bible writer points that out. They're both old, but Sarah, she was the one that had the problem. Don't miss this. So she laughed silently to herself and said, don't get mad at me. I'm just reading scripture. You got to say that because everybody gets offended today. In today's society, I'm offended, I'm offended. Yeah, you're a snowflake. Just calm down. (laughs) How could a worn out woman, this is her talking about herself, like me, enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. So she's trying to throw it back on everybody. But I just thought something was interesting. Back in the day, she called the husband master. Huh. I thought that was interesting. I brought that up to Shannon this week. She shut that idea down quick, but... Anyway, she, she laughed to herself. You know why? Because she doubted herself. She's like, God can use, she, she believed that God could use Hagar. Isn't it funny how we, we will look at other people and believe that God can use them, but we doubt that God can use us? There are people in this room right now. God has incredible plans for you, loves you, is pursuing you, and the only thing holding you back is your doubt in yourself. It's crazy. Then the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And this next part, this is my favorite. This is where I have to come back to over and over again. Is anything too hard for the Lord? It's a fair question, is it not? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I've, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, got to, I've got to ask myself that question sometimes because I'll get in situations and I think it's impossible. And what I call impossible, God calls a setup for a miracle because there's nothing impossible for him to see. Because you can get thrown into a fiery furnace and not only will he deliver you through it, but when you get on the other side, you won't even smell like the smoke from the furnace. And he can put, you'll go through a lion's den and by the time you get out, you'll have pet lions because he knows how to tame the lions because he is 
is the lion of Judah. You can go through a storm and he'll either speak peace to the storm or bring you through the storm. He's a grave robbing, water walking, miracle working God. And there's nothing too difficult for him. Listen, the entire premise of Christianity is based on the fact that a dead man came to life. Nothing is impossible, including your situation. Nothing. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? I will return about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Now, this next, this next part is funny because this is what you call a mic drop. It's in the scripture. I'm gonna show it to you. Watch this. This is crazy. Sarah was afraid. So she denied it saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did. <laughs> Literally, that was the end of the conversation. I didn't laugh. No, you did. And just walked out of the room. And Sarah's like, <laughs> um, isn't, it, isn't it funny how God will call out our insecurities? And we try to lie about it. And we can lie to other people about it, but we can't lie to God about it. Don't, do not tell yourself that God can't work through you because you're too old or you're too this. I'm too this, I'm too this, I'm too this. Once again, question, was Sarah pursuing God in this passage? No, God was pursuing Sarah. Abram wasn't pursuing God, God was, that's what, amazing grace is. That thing that you think is impossible is a setup for a miracle because of the amazing grace of God pursuing us. Which leads to point number three, and point number three is this. We can lose our joy when we refuse to take steps of faith. When we refuse to actually say, well, if this is what God has promised, then I'm I'm gonna at least step in that direction. Do you know sometimes all you gotta do is step into the direction and God will take care of the rest? Because let me ask you a question. Abram and Sarah have been married for a while. Do you think they had had sex? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, wasn't a very confident yes. <laughs> this is why I say you gotta take steps of faith because... God says, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a child. You're going to have a child. We've already covered this, but what, what do you have to do to have a child? Y yes, one person, you got to have sex. Everybody's like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with my hand. All right, so watch this. <laughs> it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Hebrews 11, 11. I remember reading that going, huh? Did she? Not, did she believe God at first? Yes or no? No. She didn't believe God in, in, until God actually fulfilled the promise. And then she, believed, and then she gets credit for the, she gets one verse in the Bible and doesn't even talk about her doubting. Doesn't even talk, it talks about her faith because she took a step of faith. Watch this. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised, even though she doubted. 
even though she disbelieved, even though she tried to go another direction. God can work through all that junk, and God can work through her junk. God can work through our junk. She became pregnant. That took a step of faith. She was like, all right, well, Angel said I was going to get pregnant, did a mic drop, walked out. I know what I got to do. She got on her camel and went down to the mall, went into Vicky Secrets. <laughs> to find some lingerie. <laughs> she was with her girlfriends. They're like, well, you, does it look good? Threw it on the ground. Yeah, it looks good, because that's where we're going to wind up, right? So... Bought it, took it back to the tent, right? Did a little one of those little bath bombs, not the kinds you snort, the kind you put in the tub. You got to say that because it's a second chance, all right? Put some candles on, put some Marvin Gaye on. I was like, Abraham. <laughs> this is a step of faith. It's not like they hadn't done it. It's not like they hadn't tried they probably tried everything. They probably went on Google and then researched like how to have a baby and all read the books and watched the videos and everything. They, they, it's not like they hadn't tried this before. But God said, you're going to have a baby, but you are actually responsible for taking a step of faith. And they're like, but we've done this. And God said, yeah, just, just keep at it. Eventually you'll break through. That's how we feel sometimes. God, why do I got to go to church again? Why do I got to keep coming to church? God, why, why do you want me to read my Bible again? God, why do I need to pray again? I'm, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not seeing a breakthrough. And, and they didn't see a breakthrough for 25 years. So, so she became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. Your miracle, your breakthrough is going to happen at just the time God said it would. You're not powerful enough to stop the work of God on this planet. He goes on to say, and Abraham named their son Isaac, which means laughter. It's kind of funny. It's kind of ironic. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded, which that's just a bad day, but he was eight days old. He's forgotten all about it. If you don't know what circumcision is, Cole Farlow, our student pastor, will be in the lobby after the service. He would love, he got 25 questions after the last service. I want to double it this service. Make sure you ask him what is circumcision. He would love to tell you. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born, 25 years. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Don't miss that. They were laughing at her. And then God got involved 
and now they're going to laugh wither. The people that doubted you will one day celebrate and rejoice with you because that's how God works it out. Verse 7 says, who would have said to Abram that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age because God pursued Abraham and God pursued Sarah and they took one step of faith and God brought about the miracle. And if he did it for them and he did it for me, he'll do it for you. It's called amazing grace. Shannon did a remodel project in her house. This happens once a month. Um, it's fine. And uh, I have learned that when she starts remodeling, just as a husband, I get out of her way. So she moves stuff around, and it, it looks amazing. But she moved my piano to my office. I have an office in a, in a little upstairs area, and I love sitting at that piano and just playing. It's just like a little electric piano. And I, I bought it several years ago. And every once in a while, I, I just got to sit down and play. No, no, I'm not, I'm not filming it or anything. I, I got to sit down and play just to, just to, just to get God's word and God, get God just to remind me of what God wants to do in me. And one of my favorite songs to play the one I can't get over is Amazing Grace. And the, and the reason I can't get over Amazing Grace is because up until six years ago, it was a song. But today, it's my story. And when God takes something and he I used to think Amazing Grace was for other people. And now I realize that it was for me the whole time. Father, I wanna pray right now with heads bowed and eyes closed for every single person in this room or watching online. God, that maybe they've given up. Maybe they've given up because they feel like you've given up on them. God, I pray that right now that you would remind them that amazing grace is true for you. With his bowed eyes closed right now, maybe you feel like you have messed up and stumbled around and God did have a plan for your life, but maybe now you've just messed it up so bad and you realize today that God still has a plan. His amazing grace is still real. You're still here, so he's not finished with you. And you just need to say right where you stand right now, God, thank you for your amazing grace to me. Show me my next step. Show me my next step, whatever that is. And maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed to receive Christ. And you know that's the step that you need to take. You need to pray and ask Christ to come into your life. Right where you stand right now, I want you to, if you wanna ask Jesus to come into your life, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. Just say in your heart, just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. 
And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name. We head still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed and you just asked Christ into your life, I wanna pray with you and for you. So would you do me a favor right now, right where you stand and just put your hands straight up in the air so I can pray for you. Amen, amen, thank you, sir, that was quick. All over the room, hands in the air, hands in the air, all over, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Father, I wanna thank you that you just saved people, that you just helped people cross over from death to life. You didn't help them, you just, you just did it for us. You, 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 you brought us from death to life. And Father, I pray for your amazing grace, God, that as we walk out of this place, God, we'll be motivated by the fact, God, that you love us, and God, understanding that you love us would cause us to just desire to pursue you more. God, thank you so much that you don't give up on people. Thank you that you didn't give up on Abraham or Sarah or anybody in this room. As we walk out of this place, may we do so with joy and celebration, knowing that you're with us, that you're for us, and that in you, the best really is yet to come. Everybody that agreed with this prayer said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, me too. Y'all have a phenomenal week. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday.